Kitzer Lekutei Moharan 1, lesson number 59. 4. The main way that a person protects his name, which is equivalent to protecting his soul, is by guarding himself from anger. Since anger blemishes his soul, when a person guards himself from anger, and along comes something that makes him angry, and he overpowers his impulse, draws out the breath of patience, and suppresses his anger, he merits great wealth. Through this, he magnifies his name and his soul, and he merits a good name. All the souls then long to be included in his soul, and he merits to bring many souls closer to God, which is God's greatest honor. 5. Anger is detrimental to a person's wealth. When the evil inclination incites a person to grow angry, he should know that at that moment some sum of money is being channeled down to him from on high, and his evil inclination wants to spoil this influx of wealth. By ruining the influx of wealth through his anger, a person mars his name and his soul. But when a person guards himself from anger, he will thereby attain wealth, and his name and his soul are made greater. He will also merit to have a good name, to raise up many students, and to draw many souls closer to God. 6. Know that there are many wicked people whom it is forbidden to bring under the wings of God's service. This is because such people bring the person who draws them close down from his own level, and the judgment does not have the power to subdue their evil. This, in turn, generates a number of highly damaging results which are discussed in detail in this lesson in Likutei Moharan. Therefore, the person who strives to draw others closer to God must pray to God a great deal, asking to merit to know whom to reject and whom to draw close. Rebnussen's Letters, Year 1, Letter Number 128 With Thanks to God, Sunday, 10 Tevet, 5594 My dear beloved son, I received your letter just now with the folios, and I sent for the young men to send you more. I received the two gold pieces and the clock on last Monday, I think it was, though I did not receive any letter that day. At the moment I am a little weak, and I was in bed all day. I even prayed like that. May God soon give me strength for his great name's sake. You understand for yourself that I have no energy to write a long letter, but God willing, when Rabiakov returns home, maybe you will hear from him some good discussions that we had. Thank God, yesterday on Shabbat, we spoke a lot about how every person needs a great deal of advice in order to rescue his soul. And I went through the lesson, Rabbi Shimon rejoiced, Likutei Moharan 161. I then spoke about the lesson and taught some amazing new ideas on it. Who knows, though, if he will be able to relate them properly to you. See Likutei Halachot Ta'anit 5. The words of your father with loving greetings always and praying for you. Nassan of Breslov. You are receiving five folios, one in order from the beginning and four at the place where you've reached. It is impossible right now to send many that are in sequence. But it doesn't really make any difference. Do your best to copy them quickly and to send them back. May God help you to truly fulfill them and, and to derive true deep advice from them on how to constantly fortify yourself in God and His Holy Torah every moment of every day. Nassan, the same. Rab Nassan's Letters, Year 2, Letter Number 366 With Thanks to God, Tuesday, Lech Lecha, 5602 Greetings to my beloved in-law and dear friend, the illustrious Reb Peretz. May his light shine, along with all his family, life, peace, and all good. Your son, who is the son-in-law of my son, may he live, has already written you that he is staying here because he understood that you prefer him to be here, and primarily because of the teacher. 
Your other son, Rab Avraham Leib, may he live, was also unwilling to travel for the same reason. Therefore, my son, Rab Shachna, was compelled to agree to have them stay on here. You should know, however, that times are very difficult for my son, may he live. You should therefore be certain to do everything that your son, Rab Avraham Leib, writes you in his letter, so that my son will not need to make any expenditures at all on the couple, besides of the food that they will eat in his home. Even this is more than he can afford right now. God knows that it gives me great pain to write you all this, nor is it pleasant for my son, may he live. But what can we do? Necessity is not a disgrace. The truth is that it is highly beneficial in all respects for your son to be here, and it is therefore fitting for you to make the expenditure in order to support him in his studies and devotions. God will repay you many times over. I know that you will do all this on your own, and therefore I do not need to say any more. My friend Reb Abba, the son of Reb Shmuel, wrote me that he very much wants to be here for Shabbat Hanukkah. Therefore, if indeed your honored person wishes to make a start at renewing life for the better, as you hinted to me on a number of occasions, you ought to get together and come here. It is possible that our friend Reb Avraham Bear, may he live, would also come with you by which he would also be performing the commandment of honoring his mother in a very significant way. Perhaps God will be with me, and I will speak the words of the living God emanating from the flowing spring. For it is necessary to constantly examine and review these words. My soul knows a little of this, and more than this one ought to believe. This is no irrelevant matter for you. It is your life, forever. I do not have time to write any more. The words of your in-law who loves you more than a brother, seeking your benefit and success in this world and the next, forever. Nassan of Breslov Greetings to all your family, and especially to your son-in-law. May his light shine, and all his children may they live. Reb Nassan's Prayers 1, Prayer number 105, 234 Great are the deeds of Hashem, accessible to all those who desire them. How abundant are your works, Hashem! You made them all with wisdom. The world is filled with your possessions. How great are your deeds, Hashem! How very deep are your thoughts! Master of the world, you are the God who does wonders in every generation through your true tzaddikim. Our fathers have told us of all the awesome miracles that you performed through your true tzaddikim from the earliest days. In our generation as well, there certainly exists tzaddikim who are true miracle workers. Stories of true tzaddikim God, help me tell stories about true tzaddikim, their children and their followers. In particular, help me tell about the awesome signs and miracles that these tzaddikim performed in ways both revealed and concealed, and about all of the holy revelations of godliness that they drew into the world. When I hear these stories, may I understand them in my heart and tell them always. May my mouth be filled with the praise and glorification of the tzaddikim, for their praise is your praise, and their glorification is your glorification. Help me every day tell the stories of true tzaddikim, so that their holiness will be drawn onto me. In this way, may I purify my thoughts of all foreign and external influences, and of all evil musings and confusions derived from a constricted awareness. May I go from smallness to greatness of mind. In this way, may I be rescued from all sufferings and judgments which are derived from a confused and constricted awareness. Rescue me from all of these by helping me always tell stories of true tzaddikim who possess a great awareness. Transcending Nature Help me always yearn to come to the land of Israel. May I always draw the holiness of the land of Israel unto myself. In this way, may I attain complete faith in your providence. 
Bring me out of the realm of nature entirely, so that I know and believe that there is no nature in the world at all, but that everything is under your providence. For nature also functions in accordance with your providence, and you change nature at every moment through the true wonder-working tzaddikim of every generation. Differentiating between stories. Help us emulate you by distinguishing light from darkness, particularly by differentiating between stories of tzaddikim and stories of wicked people. May we know whom to tell stories about and how to tell them, and may telling these stories purify our thoughts. You have taught us that opposing every story of a tzaddik is a story of a wicked or dishonest person, or a story about a person on an intermediate level who appears to perform a miracle but is using trickery, magic, or some other means. Only a person who knows how to differentiate between light and darkness can differentiate between such stories. Because of our weakness, we are very far from you, and so we lack the capacity to differentiate between light and darkness. Seeing the difference between tzaddikim and wicked people. Help us attain a faith so strong that we seem to see with our physical eyes that which we believe in. May we believe that you, Hashem, our God, gaze upon the world with individual providence at every moment, and that you constantly perform new and wondrous deeds in every generation through your true tzaddikim. May we believe that there is a great difference between the wonders performed by the true tzaddikim and the actions that appear to be wonders performed either by wicked people or by people who are a mixture of good and evil, neither of whom are fit to perform wonders and who clothe themselves in a garment that is not their own. May we recognize that the difference between the deeds of those people and the deeds and wonders of the true tzaddikim is as stark as the difference between light and darkness. Consequently, may we always tell stories of true tzaddikim which have the power to purify our thoughts. Controlling One's Thoughts Master of the world, I have caused innumerable blemishes with my thoughts, which I am still far from purifying. I have sinned a great deal, doing that which is evil in your eyes. In particular, my careless thoughts have blemished the holy covenant and the drops of semen that originate in the brain. Help me control my thoughts so that they will never again stray beyond the proper boundary. Until now I have transgressed and sinned, injecting confused and wicked foreign thoughts into my mind, which have caused ruin and devastation. What can I say? How shall I speak? Before you who investigate each person's heart and inner being, everything is revealed. Rabbi Nachman's Stories The Exchanged Children the king's true son then ordered that the statue be placed in the middle of the garden. When this was done, all the ministers were able to enter the garden. They entered the garden and went out in peace without being harmed in any way. The ministers said, Nevertheless, even though we have seen such a thing from you, for one thing you do not deserve to get you the kingdom. We shall give you one more test. They explained, The late king had a throne. The throne is very tall and next to it stands all kinds of animals and birds carved out of wood. In front of the throne stands a bed. There is a table near the bed, and on the table stands a lamp. From the throne, well-trodden walled paths go forth. These paths go forth from all sides of the throne, but no one knows the relationship of the throne to these paths. After the paths spread out for a certain distance, there is a golden lion standing by the first one. If a person comes near to it, it opens its mouth to swallow him. However, the path extends far beyond the lion. The same is true of the other paths extending from the throne. Thus, the second path extending from the throne is very much the same. Standing there is another type of wild beast, such as a leopard, 
made of a different metal. It is also impossible to come close to it. The path then extends beyond where it is standing. This is true of all the paths. Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom His Wisdom, 95 A person's name is determined according to his mission in life. Brachos 7b, the Alphabet Book, Children A68 Sometimes a person completes his mission before his destined time to die. He must then be given a new name. A person's name is the garment of his soul after death. A name is a garment. It is written, I am God, that is my name and my glory. Isaiah 42.8 Glory is a garment. Thus, Rabbi Yochanan would call his clothing, My Glory. Shabbat 113b God is called by the Tetragrammaton, Yudke Vavke. This name comes from a root meaning existence. It is this name that gives existence to all creation. However, above all worlds, God has no name. This is a realm where he cannot be grasped at all. It is written, For you magnified your word over your name, Psalms 138.2. God's action is the saying with which he created the world. See Avot 5.1. Your word is therefore God's action. God has actions that are above all worlds. By virtue of these actions, God is above all worlds and greater than all his names. In the realm that is above all worlds, he has no name at all. This is the meaning of, for you magnified your word over your name. It is written that in the world to come, nations will see your righteousness, and they will call you by a new name, Isaiah 62, 2. At that time, the nations will perceive the true mission of the Jews and will therefore give them a new name. There are people who complete the mission associated with their name in the middle of their lifetime. They are then given a new mission, and hence, a new name. This concept contains many deep and awesome secrets. It is customary to give a new name to a dangerously ill person. The sick person has already fulfilled his destiny according to his original name and is therefore ready to die. We then give him a new name, thereby also giving him a new mission. The sick person can now continue to live and to complete the mission associated with his new name. Our sages say that Moses had many names. Moses had many missions in life. Therefore, he required a different name for each one of his great tasks. Shemot HaTzadikim Shivim Zekenim Mishevet Ruvain, Chanoch, Karmi, Palo, Eliav, Nemuel, Zakur Mishevet Shimon Yamin, Yachin, Tzachar, Ehad, Shaul, Nimri. Mishevet Levi, Amri, Hananya, Netanel, Yada ben Sitri, Moshe, Algabehen, as leader. Mishevet Yehuda, Serach, Dan, Yonadav, Betzalel, Shefatia, Nachshon. Mishevet Yisachar, Tzohar, Uza, Igal, Palti, Atniel, Chagit. Mishevet Zevulun, Sered, Elon, Suri, Ahaliav, Elihu, Nimshi. Mishevet Binyamin, Senyav, Chisalon, Elidad, Achituv, Achiel, Matanya. Mishevet Ephraim, Yair, Yoezer, Malkiel, Adoniram, Achiram, Satur. Mishevet Dan, Gedalia, Igal, Achinoam, Achiezer, Daniel, Suraya. Mishevet Naftali, El Yochanan, El Yakim, Elishama, Sumchus, Zavdi, Yochanan. Mishevet Gad, Chagai, Zarchi. Keni, Matityahu, Zechariahu, Mishevet Asher, Ashur, Shlomi, Shmuel, Shalom, Shechanyahu, Achiyahu.
The Alphabet Book, Conflict and Strife, A, 78. Don't argue with someone stronger than yourself, even if he forces you to do something improper. If, however, that person is afraid of a government official, report him to that official rather than doing that which is improper. 79. Slander causes a person to fall in battle. 80. Whoever refrains from speaking slander will be victorious. 81. Studying Torah and then stopping causes one's enemies to persecute him. 82. When one's wife experiences a show of blood outside her menstrual period, clearly some animosity has been aroused against him. 83. Wherever possible, the tzaddik should use money rather than his righteousness as a means for overcoming his enemies. 84. All participants in a quarrel have in them sparks from the souls of Datan and Aviram, the two men who repeatedly sought to foment strife against Moses. 3 Nisan, Gimel Nisan, Tzaddik, His Life, 227, 101. When the sick man came, Rabbi Nachman spoke with him, after which the Rebbe returned home. Rabbi Hirsch's son passed away two months later, and his father mourned him greatly. During the mourning period, the son-in-law told Reb Hirsch of everything he had heard from Rabbi Nachman when the latter had visited in Medvedevka. Reb Hirsch's grief was very great, and he cried endlessly. Immediately after the seven-day mourning period, Reb Hirsch traveled to Breslov to see the Rebbe. Arriving at night, he quickly made his way over to Rabbi Nachman, who was already preparing for bed. Knocking on the door, he spoke with the Rebbe's attendant, Reb Shlomo Margarinitzer mentioned above, who informed Rabbi Nachman that Reb Hirsch of Medvedevka had come to see him. When Reb Hirsch entered the Rebbe's room, he began crying uncontrollably and could not compose himself enough to speak. Rabbi Nachman consoled him. After all, the main offspring of the righteous are their good deeds. Rashi, Genesis 6-9. But Reb Hirsch would not be consoled by this or any of the other things the Rebbe said to him. What will be with my Kaddish after I die? asked Reb Hirsch. He was the only one who would have said Kaddish for me. In that case, I will be your Kaddish, exclaimed the Rebbe, and I will teach you how to die. At this point, Rebbe Nachman motioned for his attendant to leave the room. Rebbe Shlomo, who very much wanted to hear what the Rebbe was about to say, closed the door behind him, but not all the way. Still, the only thing Rebbe Shlomo managed to hear was how Rebbe Nachman advised Rebbe Hirsch to take an oath over some holy object that after he dies, immediately after they seal his coffin, he wishes to be brought to the Rebbe.